0: Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to Love Rules. The message today, you must be present to win. And our text is from the Gospel of Luke, the 22nd verse, the 45th and 46th verses. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The writer Luke so eloquently describes an agonizing scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Lord's time is drawing near. The cross that will mark his suffering is ready. The world is about to change. It will be a defining moment in human history for our Savior and for us. It is his face to face with destiny. For those who followed him these last three years, it is a time of great turmoil and weariness. The disciples were exhausted from sorrow. These people who had left their homes, who had left security, relationships, who had walked away from family approval were now confused. They never could quite comprehend this notion of resurrection. They certainly could understand why Jesus had to die. This was their teacher, Rabboni, their leader, their master, their beloved friend. And now he was about to succumb to a humiliating, pitiful public death that seemed so futile. They were exhausted from sorrow. This was Jesus who performed miracles and made the lame walk and the blind see. And it had come to this. This ministry had been an amazing journey. It had taken them over many miles, through many communities, through many experiences, And it was coming to this critical point. Was this the end? They had been out to change the world, to build the kingdom of God. They thought they would win in the end, and now it looks as though they have lost. It was not supposed to be this way. You know how these people feel. You've been there. You may be there now, trying to hold on to a faith when when you, you feel that times are so hard you can barely keep your fingers wrapped around it. The story is not working out like you thought it would. The script is not quite as you expected it. Nobody told you how hard this would be, how bad you would feel, how lonely you would be. And you're exhausted. You're barely holding on to that job. The mortgage is overdue. The bank won't give you a a small business loan. Your baby's daddy won't do the right thing. Your baby's mama can't get her act together. I mean, there are countless reasons why you could feel this way. You're at the end of your rope. And you may not be able to hear Jesus. Life is so hard that you can't hear anything over the drone of disappointment and defeat. But Jesus is speaking. He says, wake up, get up, rise up. I need you to know. I need you right now. You can't sleep on me now. You have to be present to win. Let's go back to this text. Jesus has been praying. He himself is in agony over what lies ahead. He has even asked God to let this cup pass, but when he comes back and finds the disciples sleeping. Now, he has a number of choices. He knows what his destiny is. He's been talking about it, trying to prepare them for it for a long time. He could have just let them sleep. After all, he loves them. He knows they cannot save him. This is God's will. He could have just as easily prayed over them and gone on to be by himself, but instead, He comes to them and wakes them up. Now, I've been trying to imagine his demeanor. I'm not so sure it's gentle or soothing. I think it may be strong. You know, when your mother calls you up at your room, she says, you know, why are you in bed? It's way past time to go to school. Why are you sleeping? Now, Jesus doesn't ask this question because he wants an answer, just like your mother. The disciples should know that by now. Jesus asks this question because he wants you to know the answer. Why are you sleeping? It's not over. There is something you can do. There is always something that can be done. I'm so glad you're with us today. Here's a special invitation. Join me at Vision New England's GO Conference at the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford, May 20th and 21st. Here's some dynamic preachers. Be inspired and uplifted while together we learn more effective ways of taking the gospel to our friends, our neighbors, and co workers in order to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. That's Vision New England's GO! Conference, May 20th and 21st in Hartford, Connecticut. And here's a special deal if, you, if you're a, a Love Rules listener, you can log on to goconf.org, that's G-O-C-O-N-F dot org, and then go down to the coupons part of the registration, and after you've registered, just type in love rules, and you'll get a 15% discount, and you'll hear some messages that just may change your life. So join us. I remember when we first began our work in South Sudan. As you know, because I tell you almost every day, I worked there for 11 years after leaving television news. That first trip was a feeling of exhilaration. I really thought we were on to something. I thought we were just change brokers, all of us who were working on the project at that point. The early time were too naive to know how big a crisis we we'd stepped into. We we just didn't understand all of the geopolitical ramifications that were going on and affecting things in South Sudan. I'm not sure that we even understood the severity of the war. That first trip, we came back with pictures of people who were slaves and former slaves. We interviewed people who had been tortured and raped, and stories. They told what would make your skin crawl. And surely, once we tell these stories and show these pictures, surely someone will do something. Surely this war will end and, and the cavalry will come in and the Marines will come in and everything will be fine. And this problem, this global phenomenon will change. We'll wrap this bad boy up and we'll move on. It was 10 years later, before that war officially ended, And the conflicts and the violence continue to this day. In other words, we thought something was going to be immediately changing, and it never did. Now, we were humbled because we did help build a girls' school. But we were more humbled that it took us 10 years, and it was one of the most physically and emotionally draining periods of my life. Mission work is the most difficult work there is. Whether you're in the desert of Sudan or working in Boston, when you give your all on the battlefield for God and you can only measure success by inches, it can be hard. The Christian life is a difficult life by the virtue of what you profess you are living against the grain of the world. So we all periodically suffer from lapses in our spiritual walk. It doesn't mean a crisis of faith. It just means a lapse in the journey. But the problems come, the sickness really comes if we allow those lapses to become a habit, if we don't do something. Jesus says, wake up, get up, rise. He, he said, listen, you've got to do something. Every once in a while at church, our members write prayers down, and we leave them on the altar for our prayer ministry to pick up and, and pray over. It's a powerful practice. It, it, it makes our prayers tangible. And it reminds me of the eighth chapter in Revelation where an angel collects all the prayers of all God's people on earth. uh, The prayers of outrage and praise and despair and hopelessness and victory and mixes those prayers with incense and presents them before the throne of God. You must read this, chapter 8 of Revelation, and then hurls them back to earth. And according to the text, there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake Author Philip Yancey writes, the message is clear that prayers are answered. History belongs to the intercessors, the prayers who believe the future into being. Prayer is what you can do. That's what Jesus told the disciples that night. Pray. Prayer, you see, is more than just a a means to the end. Prayer is the end. Prayer is not about preparing for the work. Prayer is the work. Prayer is presence. The Bible says, Pray continually. Always give thanks to God. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. See, you can easily become confused. This does not necessarily mean you're supposed to always be on your knees. I mean, it might be hard to get around if you're always praying. I believe that prayer can be anything that turns one in the direction of God. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, devise a new way to pray because there is that prayer that is a positioning of the knees and the heart and the prayer of requesting or praising God. But whenever we stretch ourselves on behalf of somebody else, that's prayer, really. When we go on the mission field and we're so tired, we don't think we can stand That can be prayer. When we see the holiness in each other, that is prayer. When we can see ground that becomes holy ground and sacred ground because God's work is going on, God's kingdom is being built, I think that's prayer. When we really pay attention to the beauty of the earth that is all around, that is prayer, that is presence. Simone Vale writes, prayer is attention. It is the orientation of all the attention of which the soul is capable toward God. The greatest tragedy in life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Jesus tells his disciples to wake up, get up, don't leave me now. I want you to do something for me. I want you to do something with me. I want you to pray. We are called to this moment. Winning is being engaged in the present. Whatever you're called to do, pray. Perhaps prayer is your ministry. Pray. You have to be present. You have to be in prayer to win. Thanks for
0: joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love rain, if you let